Hello, I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, and I want to welcome you to Ready Yet? If all you needed was a step-by-step plan of what to do, you could buy a book on how to succeed and you would be all set. But here's the rub. You'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. The Ready Yet podcast is dedicated to those who are ready to become the person who succeeds, ready to become the person who steps into more, and ready to become the best version of themselves. In the I'm Ready interview series, join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I am really excited to introduce you to my guest today, Elisa Ellis, because I met you in Dallas. I yes. got to go to Dallas for a, um, a presentation I was giving, and you were at that networking event, and we kind of hit it off, and we chatted, and we stayed connected, and I really, oddly enough, can't wait to share the experience we had with each other, because there's so much that you and I both came away from something that didn't work the way either of us wanted it to. And it was perfect. Right. Um, But before we share that with everybody, can you tell them who you are and what it is that you do a little more officially than I sure. Yeah, absolutely. I am Elisa Ellis with turnkey style and I am a wardrobe stylist. And I, you know, my 60 second commercial always changes a little bit. And right now it, I'm about working with women to help them let go of what's not working for them, help them transform uh, their clothes and their closet, and then help them reimagine what they want their life and their lifestyle to look like going forward. Because especially in the last two years, a lot of people, that vision and what they did and where they're going has completely changed. Yeah. Like probably more than ever before, if you look at a short period of time, such a a drastic change for so many people in such a short period of time. Yes, Um, absolutely. And like you and I were chatting before, when we were getting ready for this conversation, even for people whose, you know, their lives have changed, their goals haven't changed, their jobs haven't changed, but the way we do them has changed so much. Absolutely. There are a lot of people who were quote unquote in corporate before went to the office every day and they don't do that anymore. They might go once a week. And so even though their job hasn't really changed, how they do their job hasn't changed. Their lifestyle has changed. They're staying at home. They're working from home. They're only going to the office one day a week. So how they dress potentially changes and how they feel about themselves. Well, and some of it's not even am I dressed up or not dressed up? Some of it is literally practical. So as for example, as someone who is five feet tall, I am not comfortable physically. And I think I look weird on camera when I wear so many of the jackets that I would totally wear out because I'm, you know, just from sitting, I don't have a long torso, so it doesn't lay nicely. Right. Yes. Now it's definitely things have changed. I mean, there are women who used to wear heels every day, three inch yeah. heels every day. And now I was one of those for years, yeah, years absolutely. and years. Yeah. And that industry is completely changing. All those high-end brands are having to refocus and rethink the types of shoes they wear. There are still women who wear high heels, but the number dropped considerably in the last two years. We're, we've gone into, instead of just all fashion, how I want to look, 
It's okay. How can I do fashion and feel good and comfortable? Right. And now the fact that during my few 15 minute breaks during the day, I have to walk dogs. So I'm not going to sit in my house in nice pants and fancy shoes to get fur and then go try to walk a crazy dog real quick. Right. And And that's different than how you used to work potentially. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I think, um, again, there's also a lot more freedom just because of culture growing as opposed to back in the eighties, when I entered corporate, there was a lot less freedom of expression now. Okay. For those of you who aren't watching currently half my hair is pink. I wouldn't have done that in corporate probably even today, but it's still a lot more wiggle room. Yes, absolutely. I mean, years ago when my husband used to go to work, it was in a full suit and tie, you know, and over time that changed to a pair of jeans and a dress shirt and no tie. And for the same for women, it used to be suits, skirts, heels. Oh, yeah. And now it's completely different. You, you still might get to wear something casual, professional in the office. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to share this experience we had with each other because there's so much to learn about how we run our business, communication, expectations. Like, So just to give everybody a little insight, when we met, I am at a stage where I don't have a lot of time to go shopping the way that I used to go shopping as um, a thing to do with my friends, right? That was a thing to do with my friends. And I just don't, A, I don't have the time, but B, there's no freaking clothes in the store. So it's not (laughs) the same. It's not the same experience. And I haven't done a good job of, as I've gotten older, as my body's changed, as what I do changes, figuring out what that looks like. So when I met you, I was like, cool. Let's, you know, I liked you. I liked how you looked. I liked, you know, we, we had a nice connection. So I'm like, yeah, let's, I would love to give this a try and, you know, and work with you to see what, how you could help me. And I think you were more upset about how it went than I was truthfully because right. It didn't go perfect. It didn't go nearly as bad as how you think. So for example, if you look at my new photos as they come out, the one of the jackets that I'm wearing is one that you found for me that I would have never in a million years found for myself. Uh, So that's a great wasn't Right. It wasn't um, problematic, but it wasn't as much as a match as what I think you and I had hoped for and thought it was going to be. Right. And, and here's the thing, as a, as a, someone who provides a service, I want all of my clients to be a hundred percent happy and I want them to be raving fans, right? That's what we all want in any business that we do. Right. And so when it doesn't, when I feel like I've missed the mark, then it's a challenge. It's like, okay, how I took it. It is a challenge, but then I also took it as, okay, what do I need to do differently? How can I change this? What questions do I need to ask to make sure that this doesn't happen again? I tried to turn it into a learning experience for myself. And, and, and I that think that's is a good the, thing. That's my favorite thing to do right now. And I think there, it's really hard when you're a solopreneur and you are providing the service. So it's your opinions and your expertise that are providing the service. It's very difficult 
in that situation to separate you from yes. the business. Yes. But the beauty, the, the advantage of figuring out how to separate you, your person from the business is you get to ask yourself better questions. And it's one of the things I think I share this with you. It's one of the things that we do in my company every week. We literally, there's four people on my team and we literally start our Wednesday meeting with what didn't work this week? Like what broke? Right. That's a great, great Great. question. What broke? What works when we have 10 people doing it, but not when we have 20? What works in this case, but not that case? Where did we not communicate? Right. And when you can remove the emotion from it or the self-identity from it. Absolutely. And I actually took, you did mention that to me. And so I took that to heart. And I, uh, about six months ago, started a new membership program for my clients because after working together, sometimes they still need help. They want to text me pictures. They want to ask questions. They still need maybe, you know, a piece or two. And so instead of me feeling like, okay, they're texting me again, I wanted it to be an actual program so that they felt like they were getting value and I felt like I was being valued. And so um, now that six month program is over and I'm emailing them personally to say, okay, what worked? What did you love about this? What did you not love? What could be improved? Because I want to keep making it better so that they feel like they're getting value from that program. Absolutely. And I, what I have found, not just in my clients, but in myself as well, in the moments when I don't want to ask those questions, right? it means I'm taking things a little too personally, right? right? If, if I find myself hesitating to ask somebody, how did that work for you? How is your experience? What did you wish we would have done that we didn't do? If I'm scared to ask that question, I'm too close to it. Yes, that's probably true. Very true. Yeah. And we have those times, right? We have those. Yeah. I mean, look, we all, I know I do as a solopreneur struggle with that whole self-imposter syndrome. I mean, you and I talked about this previously. Look, you know, I, I do, I know enough. I, I wanted, since I started this, I, in the back of my head felt like I needed some type of special certification to quote unquote, prove that I was real or authentic or knew what I was doing. And now that I'm four plus years, five years into my business, I'm like, okay, well, let me look and see what it takes to do this. And what I found was I know a lot of the program material. It's not like yeah. uh, it's, and I don't know how I know it. I just know it. Experience. And so all this time, I thought like I wasn't, there was a small voice in my head that made me feel like I'm not enough. I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? And this, whole process just made me realize I do know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm doing. And And I love that you said that. That's something that I went through as well, because I have been in a coaching role in a marketing success mindset coaching role since 2000, like for over 20 years. And yet when, right. And yet when I went to put my, you know, for those of us of a certain age, when I went to hang my own shingle out, right. That right. used to actually be a thing. And now yes. it's just a saying, um, yeah. there was a hesitation and I've learned 
if I ever ask myself or hear myself say, I don't know how to do this, not from a tactical standpoint, like there's things in technology that I just don't know how to do. But when I find myself going, can I do this? What do I do? What do I do? That panic feeling? It's a lie. It's a fear. It's not real. Yes. You're, you're so right. But that, you know, I told, uh, I told a colleague and my husband probably six months ago, like every time I went to see a client, I would get anxious and I wouldn't sleep. And cause it's a new, right. New adventure, let's say, and you don't know how it's going to go. And it wasn't until very recently I realized I didn't get that. Like I went to see a client, I went to help her and it was a great experience. And I was like, wait, I didn't, and I, I didn't get the anxiety. I didn't freak out. I didn't make myself sick. And, um, which is crazy considering I've been doing this for years. You know, I did it before I was paid to do it and I created my business, but something switched in me and I don't know what that was, but it was kind of a uh, relief and kind of a, a brilliant moment that I was excited about. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the ready yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at erin at conqueryourbusiness.com. So you shared what, and you know, just to give people a little bit of framework for what wasn't a good match is I'm a little weird, right? I'm a little different. I'm a little little out there. It's fine. This is not new information for me, right? You don't have to like lessen that. I'm perfectly okay with it. And your experiences and your resources weren't exactly aligned, which is great. That's good information for you. But I want to talk for a second about the flip side as well, my side as a consumer, because the other mistake people make is we think people can read our minds. Are we actually communicating as well as we think Sure, we are? Because right. truthfully, the options that you showed me were 100% exactly what I would have been all over when I was still in corporate because they were edgy enough for me, but I wouldn't get fired. right? <laughs> I wouldn't end up in HR, <laughs> but they were still had personality to them. They had the textures that I like, they, the feel that I like, but now that I'm an entrepreneur, I'm like way off the way edgy times into yeah. guess what? Sure. I can do what I want. Right. right. <laughs> but, and I, So there was definitely a connection there. You did get it. But was I communicating truthfully the extent of what I was thinking? And I I see this um, in a different industry all the time. I see this with social media all the time where somebody hires a social media agency and then gets mad that it didn't work, except they don't communicate what they want. They don't communicate about their message right? They don't supply what they need. So it's not just what you as a business can do to improve, but what can you as a consumer of services do? Right. And it's, there is a disconnect because I've worked with clients who, you know, I work with clients who want to update their look. I had several right now because we're coming out of this and people want to 
change who they are perceived as, right? They want to change their lifestyle, what they look like, how they dress. And so I, I ask for those business owners, okay, what does your social media look like? What does your website look like? You know, I just worked with a client and honestly, her website's beautiful, but she looks like she's 12. So, and she works with C-suite execs. So it's like, right. okay, you need to have some sort of authority, like pictures that bring a little bit more authority into them. That was my problem in corporate because I'm yes. little and right. I look like I'm 12. Exactly. <laughs> it was right. It's other, you know, there's other, like, let's say life insurance where, or long-term care where it's just stock photos, but that's a big purchase and people want to connect with yes. who that person is selling them. So let's bring in some of those, you know, pictures that, uh, you know, like with an umbrella and, you know, silly, silliness with things that you can connect with your client on. Um, and I, I see it all the time. People go and spend money on brand photos. And then they don't know what the words are going to be to go with it, those mm. photos, right? Like they don't think out the whole process. So they're wearing things that maybe will connect with their client, but it, the message doesn't connect. Uh, you know, I worked with a financial advisor who had very dark, stark pictures, but what he wanted to portray on his website was this beautiful, calm, serene that you would get to if you worked with them. Okay, so you he was you look like client. doom and gloom. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so we kind of have to transition with that picture, who you are now or who they're gonna be, and and um, you know, how you dress really can communicate so many things, and people don't necessarily think that through, you know, right. and, so, and so that's what I help them do. And as a consumer, are you clear enough on what you want and what right. is going on? in order to give the professional you've hired what they need to do their jobs. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it's a transition, right? Sometimes people don't know. We think this is what we want. I kind of, I kind of, the analogy is when I went to get my wedding dress, I had an idea of what I wanted in my head, but then when I actually put it on my body, I was like, oh no, this isn't going to work. I you know? have that problem. <laughs> I've had that problem my whole life where the clothes, so much, not all of them, but so much of the clothing that I'm drawn to is, does not look good on me. <laughs> I love every time I'm sure, you know, you're my age, you'll remember there was a period in the late nineties, early 2000s with those wool skirts that look like blankets wrapped around you, the plaid, yes. and then it yes. had a fringe on the bottom and the giant safety pin keeping it closed. Yeah, I am. I weighed a hundred pounds back then. I'm five feet tall. There was no version of that yes. I was going to be able to pull off. It's too much material for your it's body. <laughs> but the I idea was so of upset. I was so upset. Couldn't tried everyone on in the Chicagoland area. Didn't find a single version of that that worked. Well, years ago, there's. I mean, it still is a thing right now. Slip dresses are super popular. Well, that doesn't look good on my body type. You know, I'm very curvy. I'm kind of an apple shape, and it's just not flattering. And it, you know, if you can wear it, more power to you. I'm all about wearing things that you are confident in. But it's just not. I would love it if it looked nice on me, but it doesn't. <laughs> Totally get it. <laughs> Other people look sleek and stylish. I look right. inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yes. 
But communicating, like you said, it's really important. And I have to learn to listen to people and sometimes read between the lines. And sometimes as the as we talk through the process of what they want and where they're going, things change, right? They, it's this idea, I, they thought they had this idea of something, but then the reality of it is something else. Well, and the other thing I think that happens for so many of us that are in service industries, we really do have such a drive to help people that we say yes. And I don't think this is what happened with you and I, but I see this happen a lot. We say yes to people we probably shouldn't have said yes to because we want, you know, not for any bad reason, right? There's no bad reason behind it, but we do that with the absolute thinking that we can figure it out or we don't want to say no to the sale. We don't want to say no to helping somebody. Um, But the brilliant part about that is that when we learn to say no, or it's, we are learning who, and this is for me, what happened. I'm learning who my ideal client is, right? I'm niching down and it makes it a lot easier to say yes and no to what works and what doesn't work or what I, I know will work or not work. And, and sometimes those clients that we chase after or say yes to that really aren't the right fit end up being, uh, the bane of our existence. Right. <laughs> Not that that's what you were, but you know, so often, <laughs> but it, so often it's like, oh, it's that client who wasn't sure. And we kind of, uh, you know, there's different examples, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that happens when you get an, you know, I do a lot of work with clients about marketing and everybody, nobody wants to have a niche because they think that means saying no to people. Right. What you forget is the stronger you are in your niche and the clearer you are in who you want to help. And it doesn't have to be constricting. It can be a psychographic instead of a demographic. It can be geographic. There's a lot of ways to delineate it where you don't feel stuck by it. But the more you figure that out, the better your language and marketing gets because you know exactly who you're talking to. For sure. And the other thing I've learned over all the years is it changes. It yeah. could change. You know, when I, my business started, I was really working with women going through divorce or some major transition. And now it's kind of transitioned into you know, women entrepreneurs, women in business for themselves, women at a certain level of corporate who maybe want to up their game or go to another level. And that's not to say I don't work with women going through divorce, but it's just who who my client is has just changed over the years. And so my marketing has kind of tweaked, been tweaked a little bit, and it will continue to change. And, you know, I will keep niching down. And that's a really, really good point. Also, it will continue to change. Yeah. People get frustrated thinking, well, I should have figured this out by now. Well, not really, because it keeps iterating, right? It's not something you're going to solve and then never have to think about. And so one of the phrases I use to help people get through that is niche for now. You know, if you're scared to pick a niche, it's just a niche for now. It's not like the only time you get to make this decision. And you don't have to necessarily say no. Like I gave a talk yesterday and somebody said, do you work with men? And I do. I have in the past. It's not my niche. But if someone came to me and said, hey, look, can you just you know, whatever it was they needed, I would be able to decide 
yes, I could do it or no, I can't, but that's not what my focus is. It doesn't mean that I am automatically going to say no to those people. Right. Don't confuse client portfolio with marketing niche. Sure. Um, two, to, two completely different things. Absolutely. Awesome. So what is next for you? I haven't asked you that. What's, what's next for you? You know, I'm really excited about I, I speaking is what I'm excited about. Yes. I saw a woman speak on stage probably, well, it was two plus years ago, pre-pandemic. And she spoke for like 20 minutes and sold $40,000 right. product. <laughs> and I was just stunned. My mouth hit the floor. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I want to do that. Like, that's amazing. Uh, and so I did a lot. I spent the last year really speaking on different virtual stages, speaking at a few places in person. And so that's really um, what's next. I just recently moved to a new state. So I'm working on building my business in a new state and finding places that I want to travel to where I can still work with clients. I think that would be fun for what you do as well. I mean, moving from California to Texas is not, there's enough culture shock there where you can talk about that even in within what you do for people. Sure. Well, they dress differently here. Differently. I mean, honestly, not just because of the seasons, but it's not as casual as California. I don't think you realize how California casual California is until you leave California and you're like, Oh, okay. People are still like people get dressed. I know I will do this again. I'm, I'm, I'm off to visit my mom in Florida in a couple of weeks. She has lived there for six or seven years. I've gone there at least twice a year for seven years. And every single time I bring all these clothes and every single time I wear like three things, like it's so casual there. Yeah, for sure. And I, not it's just on. different. It's just different where in different places. And, and so uh, I'm definitely having fun with that. Awesome. Well, I love your speaking idea. Um, as a professional speaker, I find it an amazing way, not just to grow my business, but to connect with so many people in a different way. And yes. like the people that connection I is met, great. Yeah. The people I, the best advice I ever got in my speaking, in my speaking training is nobody wants to hear a speech. It's just a different version of a conversation. Oh, that's great. That's right. Great it's just a yeah. different version. And, and now that I always approach it that way, the people I get to meet doing that, it's just like, you're going to have so much fun with it. Well, they feel like they're talking to you. Exactly. Which yeah. is the whole point. That's why we do yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all your thoughts and insights um, with our listeners. If they want to get a hold of you and talk to you more about how you can help them, whether they're going back to their office, staying in their home and anywhere in between, but they need to up their game now that the world is opening up again. Um, What is the best way to get a hold of you? They can find me at my website, which is turnkeystyle.com. And I have some giveaways. If you go to turnkeystyle.com forward slash giveaways, there are some items like find your fit bra because not everybody's wearing a bra anymore or knows what size they are. Uh, How to look around in two years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's lots of little freebies there and um, yeah, I'd love to hear from people. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. 
I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Aaron page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Aaron Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.